This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars, the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. This is where the fun begins. Chewing. We're home. Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the Blue Milk Cafe. Grab an empty stool at the counter, order a cup of Jawa juice and a nice slice of Yogan fruit pie, and get ready because we're about to talk all things Star Wars. Good morning, Mustas. And welcome back into the cafe. This is episode 136. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm Earl Farm Boy. And we are back in the cafe this week, ready to talk Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones from May of 2002. But before we do that, I finally was able to get out this morning and see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And I just wanted to give you my thoughts on the movie, my spoiler thoughts on the movie. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and you don't like spoilers like I do, skip this part. It, it shouldn't even be more than three minutes long. I can do this real quick. Believe me, we've already had a couple of takes of this show this week. So I've already said it twice already. So this should be quick. Um, overall, love the movie. As much as I love Crystal Skull as well, this one, I think, wrapped up the entire Indiana Jones series very well. Um, the beginning of the movie, pure nostalgia. You saw the DH Harrison Ford as Indy back in World War II. Great train scene at the beginning. Uh, Mad Mickelson, great, played a great villain. Any character that Mad plays is awesome. Um, I liked, I liked the way they handled Shia LaBeouf's character, Mutt, from The Crystal Skull. There was problems with Steven Spielberg and Shia LaBeouf during Crystal Skull. That's why Shia was, was not asked to come back. Um, so instead of recasting him, which I'm glad he did not, because I honestly liked Shia LaBeouf as Mutt, um, they sadly killed off Mutt. Apparently, Mutt joined the Army, joined the war, and I'm taking it. It would have been the Vietnam War, and he sadly never made it home. And that hearing that story from Indy in the movie got me a little emotional. Um, him and Marion were separated at the beginning of the movie because of Mutt's death. But, of course, they made that a happy ending. They get back together at the end. Marion is in it. A lot of people were questioning that. Because they didn't see her in the trailers. Of course, Sulla 
made the trailers, he was back, and he was in it more than I thought. I thought he was only going to be in that one shot that we saw in the trailers, but that's not the case. Overall, great movie. Indiana Jones fans, if you loved not you don't have to love Crystal Skull, but if you liked Crystal Skull, I think you will you'll love this one. Um, give it a give it a look. I'm pretty sure it'll be on Disney Plus here before the holidays. But yeah, great movie. Loved it. Can't wait till it comes on Disney Plus so I can watch it again. But now that I've got that out of my system, let's talk about Attack of the Clones here and our first time, if we can remember our first time seeing Attack of the Clones. RFB, what are your memories from first seeing Attack of the Clones? Oh, let's see. May, somewhere in the teens or 20s, 2002, I was 35 years old, married to second wife at the time. Um, went after, I want to say it was close to opening weekend. Um... About a month after this would be having my second girl, Abigail. So she actually, before she was born, come to the theater with us to, to hear it. Um, afterwards, yeah, that, that time period for me where we were learning all things Jedi. Because all we knew before that was Obi-Wan Kenobi's mention of the Clone Wars. And by the time this story turned up was the start of the Clone Wars. Um, so for me, as a fan back then, yeah, it was, it was all things Jedi. Had hair down past my shoulders. Wearing the top knot like Qui-Gon Jinn did. Um, Mama taught this boy how to sew. And I can do it very, very well. So... Yeah, it was going to local Joanne Fabrics and hunting up real wool and making Jedi robes and Jedi tunics and belts. Even went as far as um, bringing different scrap things from home. Learned to open my imagination up and getting different still pictures and saving stuff off the internet back then. And went as far as making a full, a half, a torso, head, and two arms of a B-1 battle droid out of cardboard, paper mache it, and got it down to so smooth that it looked just like the, the two six-foot props that we saw from uh, Phantom Menace in the back lot when George was showing Steven Spielberg the, the real-life models that Industrial Light and Magic built. Yeah, I had me one of those. I, I was that kind of nerd. Right. Um, also built... Yeah, um, my own static astromech droid with some found parts. We happened to be going um, back and forth on a road, and there was this little bitty mom and pop place that had a few things out and a for sale sign. And there was a big clear glass split around the hemisphere, going from like east to west. Big terrarium. And I went and got that for five bucks, and that turned up to be the Astromex Dome. And then I found a um, really hard cardboard 
barrel that had the aluminum rings on the top and bottom, and then I scratched it and built the legs out of two by fours and wood and got it down to as close to every detail as what the actual an actual astromech would have looked like. And I can remember showing my oldest girl at the time, I'd get weekends to see her and I told her I built it for her. He was also all red with a silver dome. Yeah, I I that was right before I got the urge to want to join 501st Legion. And all the folks that I was friends with was on from the Force.net message boards that would get together and go down somewhere outside of Pittsburgh and have monthly meetings. And back then, I don't remember any anybody being nearly as critical because I know now nowadays most folks will say it's their least like. But everybody that I was friends with, yeah, we picked it apart just like we picked apart Phantom Menace and loved everything there was to love about it. All right. That's that's pretty much what I remember from back then. How about you, Jeff? Well, um, I remember going to see this one middle of the week after, right after opening weekend, um, seeing a very late show, but I think it was 1030, quarter of 11 show. And I remember walking out, talking with my friends, and they asked me what I thought because the friends I went with are casual Star Wars fans. They're not biggest Star Wars fan as, as I am, so they were really interested to hear what I had to say. Because, you know, they like, oh, you love Phantom Menace. How'd you like this one? And I was just like, I don't know what to think. And I know that shocks some listeners out there, because I love everything Star Wars. But, like I said, I don't know if it was because I was overly tired or what. I did may not have been paying attention throughout the whole movie. But I remember loving the speeder chase at the beginning, all the Outlander Club stuff. I remember liking the Texas Diner scene. Um, remember the Geonosis Arena scene, but not appreciating that scene until I got on DVD and realized this is what I was waiting for my whole childhood was to see the Jedi in their prime and seeing that arena lit up with lightsabers like that was awesome and unfortunately I didn't appreciate that until I saw it on the small screen on DVD so that and I think I was probably feeling this way too because I'm a big Jar Jar fan and Jar Jar's time got cut in episodes 2 and 3 and I really do feel that that was fan pressure from the fans and I'm surprised if that's why George did it, because George said Jar Jar's his favorite character. I'm surprised he listened. And mm-hmm. I don't know why, but maybe that's why I wasn't that jazzed after I saw it. Who knows? But like I said, after the second time I saw it, I started appreciating it more and more. It is probably the second most watched prequel movie in my rotation. And it's not that episode three I thought was terrible. Of course not. Episode three was awesome. It's just episode three is the darkest of the prequels. And I find it hard to rewatch movies that have a dark 
theme or a dark story to it over and over again. But, yeah. But after a while, I just started appreciating it. And, and if anything, uh, right now this topic, because we talked about last week, I think we talked about Jake Lloyd and I'm my best mm-hmm. getting bad rats after their performances in episode one. Um, Hayden Christensen in this movie. Um, I don't know why people said his acting was wooden. I maybe yes, here and there I could see what they were talking about, but I don't think they watched the scene after he killed all the Tuscan Raiders and the scene with him and um, Natalie Portman in the garage here where we meet Luke in the New Hope mm-hmm. and him spilling his guts out. That was tremendous acting. I still get goosebumps when I watch that scene. It still makes me emotional when I watch that scene. And that's what an actor's supposed to do. If an actor can get that response out of the audience, then that actor's doing his job. Mm-hmm. Then that actor did a good job. But yeah, I think he just got a bad rap. And I'm glad when he was asked to come back, be a part of the Kenobi series, he was asked to come back. There's rumors that he's, he has time in the Ahsoka series. Um, I'm just glad he said yes, because he could have very well said, no, screw you guys. You ruined my, you know, my career or what have you. But no, he did come back and I hope Jake Lloyd gets that chance. I'm my best got that chance. He mm-hmm. came back and he was, he was welcomed back with open arms. I just hope Jake Lloyd, wherever he is, gets that chance at a celebration in the future. So, but yeah, it was, it was just shocking to me that he got that kind of treatment, but hey, at least he's back now. Seems like he's happy to be back. Seems like he's having fun too from all the interviews I saw with him and Ewan McGregor after Kenobi. Oh, yeah, so, Yes, he is. Yeah. So, looks like he's happy to be back and, you know, hopefully, they can extend that invitation to Jake Lloyd sometime, and hopefully Jake will say yes. Hopefully he won't say, screw you. But, yeah, I hope he comes back. But, yeah, that that scene alone made me want to look up this guy Hayden Christensen and see what other movies he's been so I can go out and check out his other work and, and you know, check out more of his, his work because, yeah, I, I I am a Star Wars lover. I love Star Wars, love Indiana Jones, love Marvel, but there are other movies I do watch besides those three franchises. So, yeah, if I look at an actor enough, I follow that actor. So, and Hayden Christensen did that for me in that one scene with him and Natalie Portman in the garage there on Tatooine. Yeah, you mentioned that this past Monday, since my playlist was so thin, and not fill out a whole work day. I did like I've been doing for the past couple months on Mondays and to get me squared away like I did with last week's the Monday previous. I listened to the Phantom Menace audiobook. So this past Monday I listened to the Talk of the Clones. And yeah, even that garage scene with Padme and, and Anakin, even in the audiobook. And this time around it was Jonathan Davis who's 
right yeah. there alongside uh, Mark Thompson. Yeah, I love listening to Mark Davis tell us, read us stories. Yeah, that garage scene in the audiobook, it hit me pretty good. Uh, just as much as, as the film version did. Really, really, really good. Yeah. And listen yeah, was... to the, the, the Battle of Geonosis, too. But I can throw a, okay. a, a trivia question at you, Jeff. When... Okay. Yeah, it, it's, it still blows me away when those gunships come down into uh, Tachinaki Arena. Do you know right. how many Jedi Yoda had sent to Geonosis? There were a great many more there than what we saw. Do you know how what the what the total number oh, really? available that weren't that were available to be sent? Oh, oh wow, can even. Has to be well over a hundred. Oh, it's twice that. Two hundred and twelve. Oh, really? Yeah, and the thing wow. that makes me remember that the best is you can take that number because in the next story coming, we're days, maybe even hours. I'd say days before the Clone Wars end. Um, Obi Wan, Obi Wan's legion that he's in charge of. Commander Cody is the 212. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's how that's how I get that number. Different Star Wars numbers stick in my head for different things, and somebody right. had brought that up on the plot on somewhere in my playlist, and I, that was me yelling that number back at him. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Yeah, it it, it did seem. See, I would have, if it was just, if you wouldn't have told me it's a lot more than what we saw in the shot there in the movie, I probably would have guessed like 90 to 100 because that's how many it seemed like were actually there at the beginning. But, geez, yeah, 212. Wow. Mm-hmm. That would have, that would have been awesome. Yeah, that, that's another thing. I wish that... Geonosis battle, the arena battle would have lasted just a little bit longer. Let us see a little bit more of, you know, a lot of Jedi taking on, you know, taking on the troopers and, or taking on the droids and stuff. That would have been awesome. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not complaining from what we got. We got, you know, if, if fulfilled my, you know, childhood dream of seeing Jedi in their prime fighting, but yeah. So another thing that's special about this particular Star Wars story is this is the first time that film was not used. George had bought digital cameras and went to Fox Studios in Australia. All the all the production was done down there. Even insofar as the very one of the very last things you can step just a teeny bit into revenge and say that the end scene of Obi Wan taking Baby Luke to Tatooine to Owen and Brew was also filmed as part of Attack of the Clones, so that way he wouldn't have to go back and do that. Okay. And this also prompted theaters who everybody wanted to show. The next Star Wars, 
they had to go and get digital projectors because there was no film for this. Yep, but ILM doing what ILM does has done for years is pushing technology forward, forward. Yep. And this was also the first DVDs that we had because Phantom Menace was the last of the VHS. Because Attack of the Clones didn't have VHS. So everybody had to go get DVD players, which were all the thing. I don't remember how long after. I want to say it was something like a year or so, because they had to go and produce them all and then get them all out into the world. Yeah, I can remember learning how to operate a DVD player and then having watch parties. Sometimes the, the local message boards and the friends groups that we were part of. What was it around here? The Alliance of... Alliance of Star Wars fans of Western Pennsylvania, I think it was. Yeah, we'd go down to different friends' houses, or they'd come up to ours, and we'd have sleepovers and sitting, like I said before, everybody just loved every part of this. And learning, right. um, yeah, that Dooku, the Countess Sereno, had turned his back like 10 years previous on the Jedi Order, and we now see that he is the apprentice to Darth Sidious. We get to see the Death Star plans and learn that it's the Geonosians who actually came up with it and started building it. Right. Yep. And we also get, which I know upset some originally original trilogy generation fans, now, we got the origins. Yeah, we got the origins of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. which it actually that did not bother me because I always wanted to know more about Boba Fett. I'm not one of those fans that said, "Oh, what made him cool originally that was he was a man of mystery. We didn't know anything about him." Yes, there are certain characters like yes, that's cool, and that's what makes them cool, like mm-hmm. um, Clint Eastwood's series of westerns from back in the 60s and early 70s where he played the character the man with no name his mm-hmm. character in those movies didn't have a name that was meant to be like that you weren't supposed to know anything about him but I never heard that rule for Boba Fett like oh we're never supposed to know anything about him I'm glad you know oh okay he, he came from Django he was a unaltered clone for Django mm-hmm. To raise how Django saw fit. So I really, I thought that was cool that we saw young Boba Fett, saw where he came from. Hell, we saw where he got the Slave One. That was his dad's ship. Mm-hmm. Where he got it. He got his armor from his dad. He just painted a different color. So it's, I just thought that was cool. Yeah, it didn't really upset me that, oh, the mystery about Boba Fett's gone. Well, who cares? He's still a bad, badass character, in my opinion. Yep. So, and I'm still hoping for a second season of Book of Boba, but I don't think that's going to happen. But if it does, I'll be quite pleasantly surprised, but we'll see. I'm pretty sure he'll be back in one of the other series that's going on that's part of the, all the same timeline, so... I'm pretty sure we will see him again. He will turn up in something because the, the shady, spoilery 
But I go into Lucasfilm's doing something with Boba Fett, but nobody's sure what it spurs us yet. It could be Commando Season 4. It could be... Well, right now, nothing's happening because of that writer's strike. Now it's the actors. Right. Yep. Well, they got to get Which is sad. Yeah, sorted still. And I just learned, was it either this morning or last evening, that now Andor's fully stopped. They're not doing, yep. they were filming yesterday, not no more. So. Right. Yeah, it's, it's sad because I was, after my friend and I got out of the movie this morning, we were standing up front of the movie theater talking a little bit before we went our separate ways. And I told him, I said, I said, did you see the, uh, that article online the other day about, cause we were talking about the new, uh, Disney's Haunted Mansion movie. Mm-hmm. I said, yes, the Haunted Mansion, I said, had their red carpet premiere the other day out in L.A. And I said, with no actors. And he goes, what do you mean no actors? I said, the actors were not allowed to be there. Mm-hmm. I said, it's part of the strike that they are not allowed to promote any of the movies they're in or any of the thing that they're working on. They promote it during the strike. So at the red carpet premiere, it was just fans. If you were a fan, you got to walk up the red carpet to this movie, you know. And to me, hell, that's a once in a lifetime thing right there. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, no actors, no writers. I'm pretty sure no one that worked on the movie was there, because I'm pretty sure the like the grips and the cameraman and all those people that work on the set. At least if I were one of them, I would be supporting the writers and the actors, and I wouldn't show up either in support. But yeah, it was it was kind of sad to see that it was almost like an empty red carpet. So yeah, he was like, "That's sad," and I was like, "Well," I said, "They are striking, and that's part of what they believe in." They got together as a union and said, "Hey, no promotion." Know anything of what you're working on, you can't do it during the strike. As part of, you know, this is the stand we're taking. So, yeah. Now, do I hope the strike's over soon? Yeah. Because it's not only hurting that industry, it's also hurting us, the fans. Mm-hmm. They're sitting here waiting for our new, you know, our new movies, our new shows. And, yeah. I, I know a lot of the sitcoms that me and my wife got into over the last couple of years will not be back new this fall because originally because of the writer's strike. Now it's because of the actor's strike too. Not only are they not writing new episodes, they can't make new episodes. So it's, it's just overall sad. So, but thank God for streaming services and Blu-rays and DVDs to keep us company until we get everybody back working and happy. So, and just hope that the writers and the actors get the deal that they deserve. So, yep, they're just trying to make a living like us. Yep, and some actors, that's their only source of income. Just yeah, you know, some actors. You hear the stories, hell. You know, so I'm actually, I started off as a waiter, you know, at so-and-so. 
you know, you, you hear all the actors, some actors will say that in their interviews. I was an actor, or, or I was a waiter, or I was a bartender before I was an actor. You know, just trying to make it. So, Somebody like um, yeah. Dominic Pace. That, that's yeah. literally, yeah, actors like him. It's not just the big names. It's a lot of the right secondaries and backgrounds and stuff like that. Yeah, folks, are, they just... Just trying to let, make them, let them have a fair piece of the pie. That's right. It shouldn't all be the studios and the production companies that get all that stuff. So. Also, but anyway, whenever this was being filmed, um, Lucasfilm was kind enough to share with us. They they put up um, weekly. I want to say every weekly webisodes that you could go to and watch some of the different behind the scenes. They'd show little bits and oh, parts yeah. of things that they were filming, and I'm fairly sure that they turned up on the DVD extras, because I know I'd watched them quite a bit. It's been a long time since, but I can right. yeah, I remember those. That's also when Star Wars Insider was getting pretty big, too. Go get right. monthly, yep. monthly copies of that. Um, oh, and then, of course, there was the merchandise. Action figures oh, yeah. were uh, What else was there? Yeah, well, I'm, strangely, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. But yeah, it was, I mean, it wasn't as hyped and well-known. Well, not, I shouldn't say well-known. It wasn't hyped like The Phantom Menace was because that was Star Wars returning for the first time since 1983. So, but yeah, there was still merchandise, um, action figures, T-shirts, posters. Um, pretty sure you had Annie Leibovitz, you know, in the Vanity Fair spreads that she did for all the movies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it was it was all over and um yeah well yeah we'll talk about it in a couple weeks here when we get to the Force Awakens but it was almost like you know Phantom Menace all over again when the Force Awakens came out so but yeah yeah but yeah this I can't. Means- this one also prompted me, while it was in the making of, to get my second tattoo on my left shoulder, and the silhouette, on okay. the shape of it, the outline of it, mirrors the Darth Vader on my right, but on my left, we were getting different concept art pictures that from um, Insider. And I picked one of Anakin in Attack of the Clones and took Obi-Wan, who sits right underneath him, and Qui-Gon Jinn. And I got that ink on my right shoulder that goes from the top, right top edge of my shoulder to maybe just two inches, three inches above my elbow. You know, I have Darth Vader. I got both versions of him and his influences. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Yeah. That, yeah, I don't really wear 
sleeveless shirts or anything, so right. <coughs> not many folks know that, yeah, I have Star Wars Inc. Right. That also includes the Imperial Cog with my girls' names in Arabesh around it right over my heart, because, yes, I am loyal imperialist. Right. This yep. side I'm choosing, it's Empire all the way. You don't happen to have any ink, do you, Josh? No, I do not. I have a fear fear of needles and a very low pain threshold. Okay. So, I caught. Yeah, it, it's it's not that I disapprove of them or oh, people that have ink are, you know, no, it's nothing like that. My wife has a has tattoos on her ankles, um, mainly just a dog paw prints of. Each dog, each dog that we've had that's passed away, she gets their tattoos of paw prints on her ankles. So, but yeah, I mean, would I, if I was able, if I didn't have that fear and that low tolerance, hell yeah, I would like to tat, you know, at least one tattoo, but yeah, I just can't come to do it. But you telling that story kind of reminded me of, I'm not, no, I didn't. I didn't talk about this last week when we were talking about the Phantom Menace because this is more related to the Phantom Menace, but that What's movie that? Fanboys, mm-hmm. the movie Fanboys that was made about the return of Star Wars into the theaters in 99, um, <laughs> was the scene in that movie. Seth Brogan plays a couple different characters in that movie for those that haven't seen it. Um, the one character he played where he plays um, some... How do I keep this family friendly? Um, he plays the manager of some ladies of the night. And when he comes up to the room to the boys to collect um, his money for renting his ladies of the night out, he was about to, you know, put the hurting on the guys until the one guy noticed his Star Wars tattoos on set. And they, you know, got him by saying, Star Wars, we're fans too. And they start talking about Star Wars. And Seth is showing his one arm, one arm and he goes, so he goes, check out this arm. He goes, this arm's the light side. And he had like Yoda and everybody on this one arm. And he goes, this arm's the dark side. And they had Darth Vader and everything. And he goes, then check this one out. He goes, I just got this one. And he t- takes his shirt off. And on his back is a huge mural of Jar Jar Binks and um, <laughs> uh, Jake Lloyd. As a little Anakin doing that, like, kind of like peace pose with their arms. And he was like, there you go. He's like, boom. He goes, Jar Jar Binks, because he's going to be the shit. So <laughs> I just, I found that so funny. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, he should have been, but, you know, he wasn't. But yeah. But yeah. I still, because my wife would always ask me, she was, if you were, if you were able to get a tattoo, what would you get? She goes, I bet something Star Wars, right? And I'm like, yeah, probably something Star Wars. I said, but maybe Star, something Star Wars on one shoulder and like, just like the silhouette of, uh, um, Indiana Jones on the other. But, yeah. Who knows? I also remember back then on, the interwebs 
that there were also spoilery places, like the best ones we have nowadays are making Star Wars and Best in Bulletin. But there were, mm-hmm. there were, uh, there was one that went by the name of T-Bone Star Wars. And he huh. was digging up different spoiler things that wasn't really any audio to, but you go to different pages that he had up and he would share different things, predictions and stuff that he would get a hold of. Yeah, even way back then, stuff like that never bothered me because there was so much time in between till we actually got something coming like for the original trilogy there was three years in between as was with the prequel trilogy there was three years in between that by the time we actually got to go and see whatever the next thing was hearing all this stuff months and years before yeah that never bothered me that even still to this day yeah I go into those spots and there's still so much time that by when I go to sit down I'm not thinking about all right what did Jason or Russell find out? No, I, I go and look at that afterwards and say, ooh, okay, you know what? And he does the same thing, too. He'll look and go and say, all right, what did I get right? And most of the time, right. it, 80% of the time, they're right. Because they're getting it right. from the source that's making it. Yeah, I used to go dive into those places, too. That was always fun. Yeah doing the same thing back then because the only way I could share it with anybody was on message boards or by email. Nope, I kept it to myself and other friends had talked right. about it too. We, yeah, we'd get together and talk about that and what do you think? What do you think about what you found? Think it's going to get it? That's what we're going to get? And we waited and ended up finding out. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Let's see. That's about it. No, I think we did it. And this is an even shorter than last week. I think we only got to what? About a half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. But I know folks nowadays say we're sitting in a golden age. For me, every part of each trilogy has been Golden. It's never not been golden to me. Right. Right. But yeah, but I I I do agree with them when they say it is a great it it, it is a great time to be a Star Wars fan because heck, you know, even if we weren't getting all this new stuff, I would still be happy because I had all my have all my other. Star Wars movies to go back and watch. But yes, mm-hmm. now, nowadays, we get TV shows. Never thought we would ever, when we were kids, we probably would never get a, a weekly Star Wars show on TV. But now, Mandalorian, Ahsoka's coming out, Book of Boba Fett, Kenobi, just so much, so much stuff coming out. And, Yes. Is it a great time to be a Star Wars fan? Yes, it is. Um, but, you know, even if we weren't getting it. No, go ahead. I was going to say, even if we weren't getting it, you know, I, I would still consider, yeah, good time to be a Star Wars fan because I like watch it whenever I want. So, 
But yeah, this is, it's just amazing. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we should be able to get through all the, the theatrical Star Wars saga movies before Ahsoka comes out. So I'm pretty sure, you know, just like all the other Star Wars podcasts, they'll be doing their weekly episodes about the, each episode dropping. Mm-hmm. So. Well, this weekend, yeah. we're also sitting, this weekend is San Diego Comic-Con. And. Yes, it is. I want to say it was, a, it was yesterday and up in the last evening. Um, Hasbro Pulse is going to give it another go. You see what they went and dropped? Huh. No, I did not. Ooh. Um, another Hasbro Pulse Black Series. They are putting out a three and three quarter inch scale um, chip. It's the ghost from Rebels. Ooh. And it comes with the card figured crew. So there's going to be Hera, Zeb, but no Sabine. For some reason, they did not include Sabine. And there's also a chopper. Okay. And it's going to include the Phantom 2, which is that Nemoidian shuttle that took the place of the original Phantom. Right. Yeah, it's already, we're a day, just about a day in. And the last I saw, just last evening, um, the three boys that do the 1313 podcast is Jacob, Jackson, Jackson, Jake, Jacob, brother Jackson, and their friend Tommy jumped on their YouTube channel because every once in a while they'll do live streams. And seven o'clock last night, right. they put it up because I moderate the chat for them. So any any kind of shenanigans that go on in there, I keep the boys in the chat safe so that they can carry on with their show. Yeah, they did a live chat for about an hour, talking everything that all the different Black Series figures and through and vintage collection stuff that Hasbro's fixing to put together for us and they saved the ghost for last and then the last I looked a day in and it's already sitting at like 70% back so folks are wow. yeah <laughs> and I think it Jeez. the cutoff for it is early September I saw the date this morning it's like the 7th or the 8th or something like that yeah folks are where the Inquisitor lightsaber didn't quite make it, and the Rancor had folks had different issues, and that didn't happen. Looks like the ghost is going through this time. For sure. $500 is to back it, and there's already some folks talking about going getting two or three of them and then doubling the price (laughs) and putting them up on eBay and stuff like that. Yeah, even in the 1314 boys chat last night. Yeah, there was some, there was some comments about that. So it's getting back pretty good. So I think we're back in a good spot. I yeah. don't know if they're going to have any other stretched goals to add to it like they did with the Razor Crest. Had like four or five different levels of stretch goals that included different things. So we'll see over the days, over the next couple months, how this, this works out. But looks like Hasbro's on the winning side this time. Yeah. Yeah, if you had not dabbled in the Twitterverse too much, it was running around 
like wildfire yesterday. I I get done with my work early enough, get home okay. by one in the afternoon, and right. sit, down, sit down and watch Star Wars Meg, and then yeah, and then it's just waiting for anybody that's doing live streams or whatnot, and playing around in Twitterverse and, and starting to come close to evening. And I saw that and I thought, holy cow! Yeah, yeah. Okay, yesterday, yeah, yesterday I was wasn't feeling too great yesterday. I had to call off sick from work yesterday. Had a kind of a stomach thing. That's all I'll say. So, yeah, wasn't a very good day yesterday for me. But feeling better now and glad I am because, heck, if I was still sick when I woke up this morning, I would have never been able to go to the movies this morning. So, And that was... First time I was in a theater to see a movie since trying to think. Well, you know it's bad when you can't think of the last movie you saw in a theater. But well, last movie I saw in theater was the one I saw today. But yeah, but before that, I haven't been to a movie theater in so long. Can't remember the last time I went to a movie to see it. Into a theater to see a movie. For me, the last one was Rise of Skywalker. It was the last time I was in the theater. That's what I'm trying to think. Was that the last time, or was I'm trying to think? Endgame. Endgame was before Rise of Skywalker, correct? Marvel Endgame. Um, I can't say for sure because I'm not schooled in Marvel nearly at all. Oh. My own choice. Well, I think it, Okay. Then I will say it was either Rise of Skywalker or, or um, Avengers Endgame. Were, those were the last two I saw in the theater before I saw this one today. So, and still got some money left on my gift certificate. So, looks like I could, we could probably squeeze two more movies on there. If we go to the matinees, so just have to pick some good ones to go see. That's all. So I know there's a. a I'm trying to take a look and see if I can find where the ghost is now. Okay. Well. Putting these stupid things. Up. Up. Yeah, it does not make for good listening. <laughs> Yeah, well that's okay. I, I do try to end out some uh, silence, silences oh, yeah. here and there. So, yes, but yes, it's now sitting at five thousand nine hundred and sixty-five dollars, nearly six thousand. Wow. So yeah, and the cutoff point is September seventh of twenty twenty-three. So, Blue Milk Cafe listeners. You want to get in on this? You already got a sailboard or a razor crush, and it's fairly yep. sizable too. It's nearly three feet across and up three feet long, and you can take off the top of the cockpit and the whole part that you can sit into the main hold. There's a hollow chest table in there to play the jarrick. 
and I did not, I did say yeah. It comes with all the crew that's seen. Huh? Yeah, that's strange. That Sabine's not part of it. That may or may well, not have something to do with Ahsoka. Don't know for sure, but right. Maybe learn something this week in the spoilery places I go that they might find out what that is. And if it's safe, I'll share yeah. it. If it ain't, I'll keep it to myself. And the friends want to know what it is. Rollfarmboy at Gmail. Or DM yep. Twitter. They will be happy to share anything I find out. Yep, yeah. like I mentioned, I think yeah, we did it. Yep. I mean, if I, if I had the money, I would definitely probably want to go ahead and back that. But fortunately, I don't. No, mine, but, yeah. myself neither. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think that's going to do it for this this week. And I just want to say the the length of these last couple episodes have nothing to do with the movies being prequels or, oh, the movies that everyone thinks are the worst Star Wars movies. Not at all. It's just that. Well, it's we, fuzzy spots in our memories. <laughs> right. Like what we, we talked about them and. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, there was a couple of fuzzy, fuzzy spots in my memories for Empire and New Hope. I but just that those were the movies we grew up on, and we had basically actually we talked about more nostalgia in those mm-hmm. episodes than we did the movies themselves. So, but anyway, next week will be Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, and see what we can. Well, fuzzy memories we can dig out from that one and um, if people like you said RFB if people want to hit you up on the socials where are you hanging out mostly still in the Twitterverse at a rural farm boy I haven't paid too much a visit in the past couple of days, but I am also on threads. Yeah, those are the, the two two spots you'll find me usually with my earbuds in, listening to somebody's podcast. I got a bunch. And like you said, with Ahsoka yeah. coming up, I'm getting a bit fearful that most of the folks that are taking breaks right now, well, everybody's going to come back. Am I going to be able to keep up? It's going to be interesting. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. And basically, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not hanging out on Twitter as much as I used to, and it has. I don't know if it has something to do with all the stuff that's been going on, but it may or may not. I just haven't been able to spend as much time as I used to on there, but I'm still on there from time to time at that fish, and I am on Threads as well, trying to. Spend more attention to that, hanging out there a little bit more, because it looks like it's getting getting a lot of more lot more people over there, and they're get getting that app working better and better every day. So, mm-hmm. I'm also over there, same 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 handle over there, and of course I'm on Facebook too, but that's more to keep. That, that that's more for me keeping in touch with my family and friends over there. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, mostly Twitter and Threads. If you want to get a hold of me, and I'm also on Instagram from time to time as well. 
So, unless there's anything else you want to add, RFB? Not that I can think of, Jeff. Take us out. Okay. All right. Well, next week, like I said, Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. And as always, until next time. I have spoken. Give the evacuation code signal. Thank you for stopping by the cafe. Life is all about passions. Thank you for lending me your ear while I shared all of mine. You can follow the Blue Milk Cafe on Twitter at that BMC Pod. You can follow the Facebook group, the BMC Pod. You can also email the Blue Milk Cafe, that BMC Pod at gmail.com. And remember, Blue Milk, it does a body good. Anyway. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>